Good afternoon. How are you? I hear you all saying, blessed. Thank you. That's very good. I am blessed too. Today is February already. Can you imagine it's February? February 2nd. As I was reminded by someone, it's the 11th anniversary, 11th uh, month anniversary of my mother's death, uh, which it drives, I can't even believe it. It seems like yesterday. But anyway, uh, today is February 2nd, and you are watching Anchored in Hope podcast with Father Larry Richards. And as you should know by now, I am Father Larry Richards. And the way we do things is I give a little talk for the first half hour. In the second half hour, uh, I answer your questions, those that are online. Uh, I have a bunch of questions here from people who wrote me uh, email questions. And you can do that just at uh, the Reason for Our Hope Foundation and just put in there a podcast question, and then I'll get it, and I'll get to as many as possible. And those of you who are live, you can just uh, put it in the chat. And again, I will get to as many of those as I can. So let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Father, thank you for your love, and for your mercy, and for your kindness, and for being so present in our lives for loving us and caring for us and keeping us into existence and giving us existence at the very beginning. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. Father, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit upon us, that we would be strong, loving, and wise, that we would know your will and live your will and speak only your word. We beg you these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, last week we started with um, the sacraments, and last week I talked about the spirituality of uh, baptism. And so I'm going to talk about uh, confession this week or the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of penance, uh, confession, whatever you want to call it. But it's the, uh, again, it's part of the forgiveness of sins that happens at baptism. And again, remember we talked about what a sacrament is. A sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ that gives grace. The outward sign of baptism, of course, used to be the laying on of hands or the hand raised above uh, the person. The... Uh, They, um, it's my brother, sorry. Um, they, um, sorry, <laughs> my brother just texted me and told me my stepfather just went back in the hospital. We just put him in a nursing home two days ago. And so he said, nothing to worry about, which means worry. But anyway, uh, I can deal with that afterwards. But an outward sign, again, the laying on of hands or the putting the hands over uh, someone's head. Instituted by Christ, it means it's in the Bible. And the proof text for uh, confession, there's a couple of them. Uh, but the one that we're going to deal with today is John chapter 20, verse 22. And here in John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus says explicitly, and when he had said this, he breathed on them, meaning he's given them the Holy Spirit. <sighs> he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And then look what it says. It says, whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And whose sins you retain, 
they are retained. So he gave the power to forgive sins, Jesus did, to the priests, uh, to the apostles, right at the very beginning. And as we've talked about before, that has, the church has always had the power of the keys. Remember when Matthew, in Matthew's gospel, he looks at Peter and he throws the keys of the kingdom to him, if you will. And he says, Peter, he hold the keys. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Those uh, whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Or the, uh, those who you let in are let in. Those who you keep out are kept out. Same reality about the binding and the loosing. Why did he do that? I don't know, except for the reality that God wanted people to experience mercy. You know, and then the grace it gives, of course, is forgiveness. But throughout the years, I've had people come to me and, you know, in general, the confession, we can never break the seal. But it would be sitting, uh, going and saying, oh, Lord, oh, 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 will God forgive me? Will God forgive me? Of course, God will forgive you. And... Uh, well, I've confessed this sin so many times to God when I went to bed at night, but I still have been keep say, keeping this sin in me for 20 years. But then when they go to confession, and they look at another human being, and another human being says, and now I absolve you of all your sins. And then the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. The other way, they hope they're forgiven. Uh, but when they hear, I forgive you, they know they're forgiven in the name of God and his church, right? They just gave us uh, a new right. It isn't uh, the words of absolution. They've changed it like two words. <laughs> but anyway, it's out there. And so, when a, uh, and we'll go into that in a bit. But what's necessary for forgiveness, of course, is absolution. Uh, not absolution, is repentance. And I really think that this is an issue. Because, like, again, years ago, I told you that I had a good friend who became a Lutheran pastor, and he's a good man, loves the Lord so much. And he came and he called me once, and he says, uh, hey, Larry, he says, uh, you know, uh, what's the problem with you Catholics? And I said, yeah, I know plenty. What are you talking about? And he says, well, you know, you're always confessing, but you're never repenting. And I says, you do realize I, no one's forgiven unless they repent. You know, it isn't magic. You know, if you come to confession and you're not sorry and you have no intention to repent, even if the priest gives you absolution, God knows your heart. It doesn't take, right? Uh, that's what's necessary. And repentance is, I won't do this anymore by the grace of God. Remember, we say this all the time. When we, um, when we make an act of contrition, and the traditional one is, huh? oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended you. And I detest all my sins because of your just punishments. But most of all, because I have offended you, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve. Hear this again. We say it all the time. I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more and to avoid the narrow occasions of sin, amen. So you say every time you go to confession, I say every time I go to confession, by the help of your grace, I will sin no more. It doesn't say I'm going to try to stop sinning. It says, you say, I say, I will sin no more. That's repentance, huh? Like again, if I come up to you and I punch you in the nose, and I go, oh, I'm so sorry I punched you in the nose. I was thinking of a bad day. 
and you're a saint, and you, that's okay, Father, I forgive you. What a nice person you are. Then I see you an hour later, and I, again, I punch you in the nose, and I break your arm. And I go, oh, I am so, so sorry. I must really be having a bad day. You got to forgive me. And you're the saint that you are. Say, of course I forgive you, Father. <laughs> and I see you an hour later, and, I, and you say, hi, Father. And I go, hi. And again, I break your nose, I break your arm, and I break your leg. And this time I'm crying. I'm so, so sorry. I don't know what's the matter with me. I don't know. I try, I try. I'm going to really try not to beat the heck out of you again. What are you going to say? I don't think I believe you, Father. What do you mean you don't believe me? I said I was sorry. But repentance is, if I'm really sorry, I'm going to stop beating the heck out of you, correct? Uh, so the same when we go to confession. If you say, uh, I went, when you go to confession last time, oh, yeah, I missed Mass, what does that mean to be forgiven? I'll not miss Mass again. What if you come and you say, uh, I yelled at my wife or I yelled at my husband, but he deserves it. What does that mean? I'll never yell at my husband or wife again. Huh? It's much more than being sorry. Repentance is necessary for forgiveness. So we got to really know that. You know that... God's calling us all. The very first words ever out of Jesus' mouth was repent, repent, repent. That means change your life. If you're going in one direction, go another. It isn't about, you know, some people are scrupulous. They want to go every other day or I feel bad. And I say, well, you do realize uh, you come back every two days and you confess the same sin. So it doesn't sound to me like you really repented. Repentance means I won't do it anymore. And so what people do is they keep focused on themselves. And I said, that's the problem. That's why you keep sinning. You're not looking to God in his grace. I firmly resolve to help of your grace. So go and use the grace that's given to you. God gave us the grace of confession. In the early church, he gave it um, only at baptism, as I've talked about before. And then um, you were allowed later on Once of the three major sins, remember I told you, there were three major sins that had to be confessed. Adultery, idolatry, and apostasy. Adultery is, of course, having sex with someone other than your spouse. Uh, Idolatry is worshiping a false god. uh, uh, And uh, apostasy is leaving the faith. And the second one... um, and uh, it's, it's murder. So it's, I'm sorry, it's adultery, murder, and apostasy. Um, apostasy, you could put with idolatry, but you no, know, the three major sins were murder, apostasy, and uh, adultery. And so, and when you did that, it used to be the theology of the early church, you were damned, you could not be forgiven. After baptism, there was no forgiveness of sins. You're already forgiven, so if you keep going back into your sin, you're damned. And so then there was a lot of apostasy during the, the persecutions, and so people would uh, deny the faith and then try to come back. And so they said, okay, once in your life, you're able to make, uh, you're able to get forgiveness of sins. And so, uh, and it had to be, though, a public confession. So if you committed one of those main sins, you would go into the church on Sunday and you'd have to get in front of everybody in the congregation, the bishop, the priest, all the uh, people there, and you'd say, I committed uh, I, I committed apostasy or I committed adultery or I murdered somebody. And we'd be like, oh, 
And then a penance would be given to you. It had to be a public penance. And then you were forbidden in a church again. You were not allowed in a church until your penance was fulfilled. And it would usually be public, and it would be like months long. And so what you would do is you would stand in the front of the church, outside the church, and you would beg people to pray for you as they came walking into the church. That's where the right of, uh, in the beginning of the Mass, the, the right of uh, uh, penance comes from. Huh? Not the right of penance, but uh, calling to mind our sins. You know, So at the beginning of every Mass, the priest sits there and says, let us call to mind our sins. And we uh, call to mind our sins. And then the priest gives an absolution. May Almighty God have mercy on us, uh, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. All venial sins, if you repent of them, are forgiving at the beginning of every Mass. And so again, especially those of you who are daily Mass goers, every uh, Mass, if you repent at the beginning, all your venial sins are forgiven. That's the teaching of the Holy Roman Catholic Church. The forgiveness of sins, of venial sins, are forgiving at the beginning of every Mass. So you don't have to run to confession every other day if you're a daily Mass goer. You are forgiven. You are, a pen, you are making a public... Uh, Confession of sin, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned. Public confession of sin, and the priest is given absolution. And I, may, Almighty God, may Almighty God forgive us our sins and, uh, and bring us to everlasting life. True forgiveness. Abor uh, uh, mortal sins, it's reserved for confession. Could the church allow it in other ways? Of course it could. But this it's changed throughout the years. But it's always held that uh, mortal sin must be confessed. And so if you commit mortal sin, now again, let's go back to what a mortal sin is. It needs three things. You can never tell anybody they're in mortal sin. You can say they've committed a serious sin, but it's serious matter, full knowledge, and full consent of the will. If one of those things are missing, serious matter, full knowledge, full consent, you're addicted, whatever it is, it's not a mortal sin. Huh? Again, teaching of the church. So you can tell someone they're in serious sin, but you can't tell them they're in mortal sin. So what God is calling all of us to do is to repentance, the very first word ever out of his mouth. Repent, repent. And so we go to confession so we can, God can forgive us, and God loves to forgive us. There'll never be a time you go to confession and you say, please forgive me, God, and God says no. Never a time. Now, one of the things that'll stop him... Uh, from forgiveness. It's not from him wanting to not forgive you. It's you refusing. If you refuse to forgive someone else, remember after Jesus teaches us the Lord's Prayer, he immediately in Matthew's Gospel, immediately after he says it, he says, if you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you refuse to forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you. So if you're going to confession and you want to be forgiven, but you refuse to forgive somebody else, even if the priest gives you absolution, you are not forgiven of your sins. It's so important. This isn't me talking. This is Jesus talking after he teaches. So you say the Lord's Prayer every day, and we say, forgive us as we forgive. So you're telling the God, the universe, if I forgive others, forgive me. If I don't forgive others, damn me. Damn me every time I say the Lord's Prayer. So Jesus explains it explicitly after he teaches the Lord's Prayer. Huh? Again, just to uh, give you the exact passage here, so 
people again think sometimes I make things up. I know you do. Some of you really think I make things up, but I, I don't, you know. And so here in uh, Matthew, when he's talking about the uh, Matthew, when he teaches the Lord's Prayer in chapter 6, verse 9, this is how you are to pray. In verse 14, he says explicitly, if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you your transgressions. So that is pretty strong. See, that's why confession is never about just you and Jesus. Every Sin is communal in nature. It hurts the whole body. That's why you have a priest who represents not only Jesus, but the whole body. Like, again, if you go and you uh, uh, beat your wife, God forbid, and you go to confession and say, I beat my wife. Well, God can forgive you, but you're going to have to, for fullness of forgiveness, uh, ask your wife for forgiveness. It's always communal. Even if you're totally alone in your sin, Totally, it hurts the whole body of Christ. And that's why you need a communal uh, priest who represents the body and represents Jesus. And Jesus gave us the power, and again, John chapter 20, those who sins you forgive, they are forgiven them. And so when we use the sacrament of confession, it's to give us a new life. And again, every single time you confess something, it's gone. Remember, it's gone. So don't bring it back up. Like, again, the devil loves to keep you focused on yourself and on your past and on your sin. Jesus says, you look at me and you look at the future. So, again, confess your sins and let them go. Again, when people come to me and say, Father, I've confessed this before, and I want to confess it again. Nope, 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 nope. Did you repent of that sin? Have you committed the sin since you did it? Well, yes, but I don't feel forgiven. I don't care how you feel. Jesus Christ died to take away that sin. He died. He died to take away that sin. Why do you keep bringing it back up? It's like you're spitting in his face. It's giving glory to Satan, saying Satan's more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. If you've confessed the sin, repented of it, and uh, it's done. Let it be done. Move on. Do not keep bringing it back up. That is from the evil one. Jesus wants you to be more focused on him in the future and doing his will than a constantly, constantly, constantly looking at yourself and looking at your sin and looking at your past. Forgiveness is forgiveness. You move on. That's a great gift. Now, again, I encourage you again to go, and if you don't have the, um, um, if you do not have our, app, the Hope TV app, I encourage you, our Hope TV, our Hope TV, you go to our Hope TV, isn't that a nice, it has everything there, and all you got to do when you get there is click the search, and right now, and all you have to do is put confession, and you'll hear my hour-long confession talk. And it goes to what needs to be confessed, how to confess, how to make a good confession, how to begin again, because we can't do that in this half-hour talk. But I encourage you to go there. It was the very first talk I ever did. Um, and so, again, a lot of the stuff I can't deal with here, but it can be done there. Again, with me, I always give people the option about going through the questions with me or just telling me. Uh, because sometimes people, especially in dealing with boys all these years, when I taught at the high school, boy high school, they'd be petrified to confess the sexual sins. 
Huh? And Our Lady at Fatima says most people go to hell because of sins of the flesh, not because of the worst sins. It's because they're the sins that get us the easiest. And it's not just a guy thing, but it's a girl thing. Anyway, so what I do to make it easier for people, and I do this as all the uh, all the times, like this weekend, I'll be in uh, Phoenix on Saturday for a men's conference. I don't know if I'll be there long enough to be able to hear confessions, but then I'm going to Dallas and driving down to Waco for uh, Saturday night and Sunday morning, and then I'm going to Ravenna, Texas, and I'm going to be talking at a church in Ravenna, Texas um, Sunday night, and then I'm doing the Rome Boys podcast, which is a fantastic podcast on Monday morning, and then I'm driving back to Dallas, and I fly out like at 6 o'clock in the morning out of Dallas back to Pittsburgh, and then driving back up here. So again, please pray for me and the people I'll be speaking to. But uh, it's always been, for people who haven't been in confession, especially in a long time, it's easier when we go through the questions with them, but we never force that on people. We always ask them, or if there's a bunch of priests, I'll say, I'm doing the questions, everybody else will do something else. But all I do is go through the commandments with people. And there's two different sets of questions if you're married or single. And you can also go to our website, uh, The Reason for Our Hope, and uh, meet Father Larry, and there will be what it's called a sin list. And if you ever get the, go to the sin list, it's from A to um, W, uh, watching pornography about the sins that need to be confessed. And that will help you tremendously when you examine your conscience. Please do not take that sin list in with you to the confessional. The priest will kill me because people go through it and they say, I did that, and no, I didn't do that. Oh, what's this one, Father? It'll drive the priest insane. It's just to help you make a good examination of conscience. Or with me, you always have the option for the questions or tell me. The questions are, we go through the commandments together. You say yes or no. Uh, and if there's uh, done it more than once, you got to give a, uh, at least an idea about how many, at least how many numbers. And let's talk about that for a second. When it's about how many times. It helps the priest to give you a good penance. Um, it's not like, it's been one year, Father, and I, uh, I swore. I think when I counted it last, it was 432 times. Oh, please, stop it. You can say, I habitually swear, I habitually swear, or I've done something every day, but don't try to, you know, especially when it's been a year, to give exact numbers unless uh, I missed mass twice or had sex outside of marriage once or whatever it is. That would get, especially the mortal sins. But anyway, so these are the exact questions I ask every time someone comes to confession to me and they ask for the questions. And I'll say, are you married or single? Because there's two different sets of questions. And then I'll sit there and say, most all the questions are the same except for a two of the sixth commandment. But anyway, do you pray every day? Uh, yes or no? You don't sit there and say, well, I try, Father. That's not what I ask you. Do you pray every day? And so if you haven't been in confession in 40 years and you say, yes, I'll ask again. Do you pray? Have you prayed every day in 40 years? Well, yes, Father. I would take that back because if you uh, say you missed one and you say you pray every day, you made a bad confession, none of your sins are forgiven, right? Uh, so if you purposely make a bad confession or purposely hold back a mortal sin, none of your sins are forgiven, right? So it's very important you make a good confession. And you try to get to confession. How often people ask me once a month is the church says at least once a year. I always say at least once a month. Some people say once a week. I don't buy the once a week stuff. It keeps you too focused on yourself. You want to be focused on Jesus and his mercy and his love, not on yourself and your sins. So, but anyway, do you pray every day? And... Um, 
I always say praying is the most important thing. It's more important than breathing. Because at the day you drop dead, bang, you drop dead right there. And God of the universe says, I'm going to give you what you love the most forever. If you're not praying every day, that's not him. You must have a daily committed prayer life. Have you used God's holy name in vain? I know priests and nuns and daily mass people use God's name in vain. You know what they did to you in the Old Testament if you used God's holy name in vain? They stoned you to death just by saying the word God. And we do it all the time like it's no big deal. It's a very big deal. You must stop using God's name in any way except prayer. Never as an adjective. Oh, my G-O-D, did you see how he hit that ball? 